0: back the offload delay podcast is officially live our first live pod and what a guest we have to start this pod out with uh, army chris uh what a guest to start out with a veteran of our canadian forces a fellow podcaster uh just a weapon of an individual can't wait to bring him on Um, we're going to talk some real life stress situations for us in the frontline world myself as a medic and a firefighter and chris in the armed forces he's going to explain his his titles his roles his deployments i need to warn everybody there could be some triggers in these stories uh some emotional some stress triggers just in case it's my uh, diligence to to announce those um so i'm going to say this is a rated r podcast although we have a promise from chris that he's going to talk about shortly about a swear jar we're going to bring chris in right now uh can't wait for everybody to meet him. My man. Mr. Chris, welcome. Thanks doing, to coming on the old live offload delay. So good to see you, bud. How are you?
1: Good, buddy. You too. We're finally uh, finally doing this.
0: Yeah, this is a long time coming. Uh, for those people that aren't aware, I originally intended on having Chris on the show Remembrance Day, so yeah. over a month ago now. And I had some major technical difficulties I was dealing with. We had a great show lined up, and I wanted to pay my respects forward to you and all of our veterans that day. But I can still do that today. So thank you, thank you for your service. We're going to get that out of the way right away. And a thank you is so minimal at this point, but it's all I got right now, Chris. And and I'm glad you could come on and join.
1: I appreciate the opportunity, Brad. I really do. I know you've been trying to put this together. Some technical challenges and shit like that. Oh, there's one. All good, yeah, no, here we are, Saturday afternoon, your first live show, I can't wait to get into it.
0: Yeah, probably not going to get a whole lot of viewers, but we know that, we're both new to the podcast world, you've been out probably almost uh, a few weeks before I was, but we're both part of the Dean Blundell Network, been a great network to get started with, and been very supportive, and you're definitely rolling, we're going to get into that a little bit later, with your fantastic success, and uh, how far you've come in a few months. With the podcast world so for everybody out there uh chris i believe you're a 24 year veteran of our armed forces is that right 24
1: years yeah, yeah 24 years
0: and during that time you had three four deployments three deployments but two to afghanistan is that right? four
1: deployments uh my first one was 92 to cyprus um, followed by bosnia in 2003 and then 2007 8 9 and 10 in afghanistan yep
0: And when you were in afghanistan that's the one we were kind of talking about most you were a member of a team called the quick reaction force is that right correct can you tell everybody what that is because i really had no idea but it's definitely a stress inducing deployment and a stressful job so
1: for sure um I, i ran the uh the counter ied team so IEDs are improvised explosive devices. I'm sure you guys have seen them in the news—the roadside bomb thing. I don't like that phrase, but that's what it's often referred to by mainstream media. So our team had three lines of operations. One was to to train troops and counter IED tactics. One was to uh, to defeat the enemy. Basically, go get the bad guys that build and in place IEDs and take out the, that network. And then uh, the big one the day-to-day grind was explosive ordnance disposal operations basically defeating the device. So that team was embedded with, within a quick reaction force in Kandahar City that consisted of other uh, other assets as well, obviously gunfighters and a uh, an armored ambulance detachment.
0: And you've seen some things. We know this. You've seen some things that yep. no people should see. Uh, we both discuss our job related stresses we, we can call them ptsd some stuff leads to ptsd uh but there's so many levels of stress and definitions it's hard to, to, to narrow it down to a specific topic but i specifically want to talk about the difference but similarities in our jobs as frontline medics firemen police officers were in the civilian world compared to you especially in this quick reaction force team where 99% of the time, I'll be honest, I'm responding to calls to strangers. I'm answering a a page, a tone, something that is being called to us from an outsider and I have no clue who they are. Now, these calls aren't always pleasant. They're not always uh, enjoyable and they can be stress inducing. But most of the time, I don't know the individual. That is such a different situation for you and your role with this quick reaction force team. Correct.
1: That's absolutely correct. Yeah.
0: So am I right to say that you are often or were often put into situations where you knew you were responding to your own colleagues, your buddies, your brothers and sisters?
1: Yeah. I mean, pretty much we either responded to IED events that or, or uh gunfights where the where the guys needed extra support um most of them were our own guys that we trained with for you know and had worked with for over a year by that point or had knew each other career-wise coming through the military or with uh we also support a lot of Americans that were operating in the city and there's other other countries that were operating in the city and you know you get to know these guys in passing as as the tour progresses so it's yeah i'm responding to guys yeah you know, that's uh guys i work with it no it's it's imagine your situation where you're all you were doing was responding to other first first responders yeah. other, you know it's 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 a different level of of uh, uh stress.
0: how do you chris how do you get yourself when you're in those roles when you're actually deployed you're out there you know that you're sitting there you're waiting how do you get in the mindset what do you what do you personally do or what was part of the training to get anybody involved to potentially respond to their own coworker in their worst time of their life in a tragic situation in the trauma in the in, in the traumatic theater?
1: You well, work. hey, you got a viewer. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what, man, right at the beginning, and, and I did two tours in counter ID. It's it's we tell the guys coming in for the first time. That fifty percent of the guys that come back suffer from eventually PTSD, and and automatically expect that there will be casualties because statistically there were every deployment. One hundred fifty-eight Canadian soldiers and seven civilians lost their lives in Afghanistan over the fourteen years we were there, and about seventy percent of that was IED related. So, for my for what I did, I automatically, you know, and this is tough to do, is accept that this is a reality. And then it's basically when you're there it's front sight forward, which is just stay mission focused and stay, stay on task. You're busy enough. You you can't get inside of your own head. You have to just, and this sounds cold. Okay. It's it's, not cold. It sounds very familiar. It's the way we're all trained. Yeah. This is the job. Everybody that's over there, new, new going in, of the risk to human life and the risk to the local nationals, that's even harder when there's children and stuff that get, you know, collateral damage. Um, That's the way it's going to be. If, if you don't want that, you're in a you're in the wrong career. So I agree. You, you, you we can we really tell you, do you know look at shit all day. But it, it catches up to you. And I mean, that's we could talk about that later.
0: Yeah, and as responders, you are so trained. I know that we are that we don't look at incidents the same as the general population, like when we show up to uh, uh, even something as simple as a car accident in our world, yeah. I don't walk up to that accident the same way somebody without the equivalent training would. I'm, I'm focused on different things, and usually the effects of what I've been dealing with, if it's significant enough, hits me later. It, it's sure, it's yeah. kind of a retroactive or retrospective look back. But while you're in the moment, just like you say, you are focused, you are task-driven, And you're, you are trying to do what you're there to do and that's it. And you're worrying about the details of it later.
1: Absolutely. Right. That's exactly it. Is I need to do this, 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 and this to get to whatever my desired end state is.
0: I just, uh, I think before we go further, we got Danielle, uh, that wanted to thank, thank you for your service. Well, thank it's you, important Brandon. when we get uh, cool. when we get anyone watching any audience people out there that we actually acknowledge every every bit of a, a support they're giving us or you yeah and cheers cheers, cheers to everybody out there. Um, okay, so my calls are also more in the civilian world. Uh, what I call after the fact retrospective kind of calls that the the incidents occurred were called out after the fact but you're quite often on the front line of an active situation
1: can be yeah yeah so you're
0: you're having to worry a little more hostile environment um but what i think is very interesting and very uh relevant is our training is very is so similar
1: Oh, yeah. And that's
0: what we're alluding to there. We basically are trained to do a job, and we're trained to absorb the emotional aspects of it later. It's just inherently obvious. It would cripple us, would it not? It would paralyze us to not be able to push some of those emotions aside while we're trying to do the job that we're trying to do.
1: Well, you know, you you, you touched on something right there, emotion. So I mean, I used to tell the guys, because I was the team leader, you know, when guys get emotional. I said, well, do you hate the enemy? Yeah, I hate the enemy. I said, you shouldn't hate the enemy. You shouldn't love or hate. There's no room for emotion in that space. It's entirely has to be about what do I need to do? Emotion will get in the way of, of a tactical decision or, or of, of a critical decision. So there's no room for it in the moment, which means you're 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 putting a natural human instinct aside which creates those stressors that, you know, will show up later on in life. But at the the moment, you have to be there. You have to not allow emotion, fear. You're already running with adrenaline high, and it's that fight-or-flight mentality kicks in, but you have to bury it and and stay on on task.
0: And let's be honest, once we're in those situations and we've been training with certain individuals, certain teammates, certain uh, platoon mates, certain colleagues – there's no bond like it. Once no. you responded to these calls with individuals who you've been, uh, I'm going to bring this up. You got a buddy, <laughs> JT, that you, you often talk about, JT Ferris, who was supposed to join us today.
1: Yeah, Unfortunately, a, uh, work gets paramedic. in the way. He's a city and, of Edmonton paramedic. And during that deployment, he was the uh, ambulance crew commander. So he ran the ambulance detachment.
0: And we're going to have him mm-hmm. on we're going to deal yeah, with JT right. directly, but I'm just showing some pictures here of you in the theater of of your your deployment, your your assignments. And I know you posted this one. This was with you with some of your American uh, colleagues. Yeah, and. It's hard to explain to anybody who hasn't been in a um, extremely stressful, traumatically stressful situation the bond that you can you can develop with another individual if you've been through it together, if you've worked no, through these calls together. There's no bond like it.
1: And the only people that understand it, in my mind, are military people and and first responders, um, be it police, firefighters, paramedics. That that's. Because they're in those life-threatening, high-stress high, high yeah. stress, uh, situations where critical thinking and, and the, the decision you make could either kill somebody or save somebody on a, on a day-to-day basis. So there's there's no other way to explain that. I um,
0: And a lot of these people I've lost touch with over the years. I've been in the industry long enough. You've been in it many years. You've been in, uh, accompanied, worked along with the privilege to be beside many valiant individuals i'm sure as have i and it could be years apart before i see these individuals again but it's an instant click it's an instant like time stood still you're always on you always have that connect with that individual that you've been in in the battle with that you've gone into the trenches with
1: yeah we had a uh, a 10-year reunion thing last year um from that deployment for for, uh we lost a bunch of guys on the 30th of December but we we got everybody together 10 years later and I hadn't seen a lot of them in 10 years and it was like nothing no big deal you just yeah. you leave off right where you left off or start where you left off the last conversation that bond will always be there and uh yeah it's there's no it, awkward moment where we're getting to you know re re uh you know to know each other again yeah. it's it's there's bad. no lag
0: there's no lag there's yeah, no waiting no period there right yeah it just kicks right into where you were before and i i honestly tell people when they ask the best part of my job they often think oh you've saved a life you've delivered a baby you've i have several times and 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 you've done valiant amazing uh indescribable things yourself but to me honestly the bond and relations that i've developed with some of these coworkers and getting to know these individuals on this that's the most rewarding part of my work it is it truly is um
1: what i miss the most
0: we see the worst of society and we're working sometimes right along with the best of society and it's it's such a dichotomy it's very hard to explain to people as you say who aren't it it's a unique thing we have a viewer right now danielle who thanked you for your service who agrees Uh, it's looking like she's in healthcare. uh she says you touched on it you deal with the effects of these afterwards. Anyone in healthcare who, who is witnessing death or dying, you learn to compartmentalize because you have to. And as you say, and I'm, I'm glad we have agreement there. It's just, it will paralyze you and prevent you from doing your work. And you know what? It weeds those out, does it not? It weeds out the good from the bad from those that just can't do it. Yeah. Because you, you have it or you don't. And the unfortunate part of these jobs Quite right often, you don't know if you have it or you don't until, until you're in it. You can only well, practice so much.
1: Yeah, this these these jobs we're talking about, are, there's no – you can't have people who are not cut out to do it, especially where, when you're in those situations where, you know, we're, we're talking about human life here. I, I can't have a, a, a player on the team that's, that's not either A, competent, or B is just not cut out for it because they they can't that's right they can't mentally wrap their head around what is happening and what we need to do.
0: And you're only you're often only as good as the person beside you.
1: Yeah, I had to bounce a guy off my team and on on week two over there, but I knew he wasn't going to make it. And and yeah. my bosses at the time and I know you've touched on challenging challenges with leadership or management. That's coming right next. Yeah. yeah. And I said, I walked into, uh, here's a little mini war story. Not really a war story. Before we rolled out on that second deployment, I basically went into my boss's office and I said, this guy, trust me, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we'll be coming back here to the the main base. He he was not going to last out there. He might have made it 10 days. And then created some reason. I went, you don't need to create a reason. You shouldn't be here. And I that's put him right. on a yes. helicopter and sent him out and they replaced him because he just didn't have the parts, man.
0: And that that's the reality of these positions, especially your roles there where there's no room for wishy-washy kind of marginal. I might, you're either in or you're not.
1: Yeah. And, and not someone's going to a shitty soldier. I'm just right. saying that role is, is a very specialized role that, that team dynamic and what we do. It, he, he's just but, not cut out for that. He did exceptionally well. Back in the rear, you know, logistics and stuff, whatever they tasked him with, great guy, but he he could not go and be a, a frontline guy. That's and you're
0: kind problem. of touching on, uh, in the in near future, I have some coordinators lined up from paramedic programs at colleges around the province. And, and I have a bit of an issue lately, and this is another topic altogether, but you've hit on it here, where these jobs aren't for everybody. You can't just make somebody do this job, train them, and they're going to be good at it.
1: No, and I mean everybody I, that enters
0: I, needs to realize it may not be for them, or they're not the talent that you need.
1: And 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 when I exited the army, I didn't leave on good terms with the system because I didn't like the direction a lot of things were going. I mean,
0: so I let's let's to... perfect transition right there,
1: perfect <laughs> okay. because Giddy I up.
0: honest I honestly love my job. I have two jobs. One of them is again I'm, I'm full time with the fire department, and I consciously made a decision ten years ago to leave full time paramedics. Because of the lack of respect in the paramedic world, the lack of support, the lack of in Ontario, how is this for a fact? Paramedics in Ontario are not essential service. That how does that grip you? It's absolutely true, and with that, you lose a lot of negotiating, arbitrating, uh, basically power behind you, and it's something that's been pushed away for
1: work. So the employer sucking and how how blowing. a paramedic not be an essential service? Well,
0: they were never designated such by the province. And when the career established, whenever, whenever it finally branched away from fire in this province, because they didn't apply to be a an essential service, no one has ever pursued it since. And now that it's progressed to this far, the employer can really, I always say that this way, they can suck and they can blow. So, if you're an essential service, one of the things you gain—there's a lot of gain there—but you gain arbitration power as an employee. As an employee, so if I want to be, say, something like your buddy JT in Edmonton, if I work at a paramedic service similar in size to him, I'm usually automatically awarded the luxuries that that individual would have with their department that they've already fought for. We don't have to fight for it again. Right. None of that exists in Ontario with the paramedic world.
1: So now, who, how did that? come to be like
0: that is because the somebody
1: emplo- somebody uh
0: it's a political walk, mess
1: Somebody dropped the ball that's right there.
0: and now it's a very tough ball to pick up and run with and we're always looking for someone we don't uh, there's so many of us now you don't know who should take the lead on this is it the unions is it the employers is it the government it should be everybody i think it warrants a tremendous political campaign just awareness campaign we have daycares that are essential and they should be we have transit systems that are essential and they should be but what happens now is we are also bound if we get in it's a complicated thing and again another whole topic for a podcast but if we wanted to go and fight something we're legally not allowed to strike so now we're not essential, but we can't strike. All we can do is go to a minimum number of service vehicles. Say we say we, we can go to 50% of the ambulances and we can reduce non-essential use. So transfers wow. to medical appointments and that. So they're, they're winning on both ends. And this is a whole other argument. But to me, this is a lot of the stress that's caused. And you left on bad terms. You said on not terms that you were happy with. And a lot of it was to do with the brass and the system and, 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 and whatever was going on with you. My biggest discontent right now is not the stress that I'm enduring the most is not so much from the calls I'm doing. That's there. That's always been there. And there's mechanisms yeah. to deal with that. It's the lack of support and lack of direction and lack of leadership that we're experiencing. But right that from creates the- a
1: whole new problem. That that it makes does. your job, your actual execution of your work when you're out in the field, on the street, responding to calls harder. Yeah.
0: It does. Because, because-
1: that support mechanism is failing and I, yeah, you could talk about this all, all night. you hey, could and it'd and be we great talk about it all night
0: but we're talking um, about stresses right so here's another level of stress. it's not going sure. to the calls it's not responding to your calling to your to problem.
1: problem it's adding it's unnecessarily adding to a problem and it's unfortunately
0: problem. the employer problem and I think you would agree never goes away. You do a bad call the bad call's done and then you it's deal done. with the ramifications of that bad call. I could go to work and not do a call for four hours. It would be rare at the beginning of a medic shift. But I'm still stressed because that management, that employer, the lack of support, the false promises, the... Under-resourced. Con- that's right. And that that's a big one for the paramedics. I'm sure JT is the same. Your buddy in Edmonton. Um, eating lunches on our laps. If we eat, can you clear for this? Can you hurry and do that? Can you hurry and do that? And the paramedic world is very bad at it. They're very much under-resourced and under-supported and I left. I left 10 years ago to join my buddies on the fire department because they are essential and they have it figured out. They have the support units. I truly love my job as a medic. I really do. But the shenanigans, the bullshit around it is getting to be so taxing that I'm seeing the best ones around me crumble and it's killing me the real good ones the good ones the, the vets like yourself you left on terms that you weren't happy with after all those years and everything you did and that's just wrong it's yeah, just wrong I mean,
1: a lot of it's me and a lot of it's just like that's not how we we move forward and
0: yeah
1: i just i could agree. go i
0: think we'll do a whole podcast on that yeah, i let's, need let's, to let's I'm I, gotta,
1: I, I fucking there are, there's two we'll so go you off on you the, uh, i go knew off on and never come back
0: and I knew you'd be a great uh, subject, a great topic, a great subject provider, uh, because I knew it would just keep escalating. We have so much information, so much resource, so much value to give back, and and so much experience to share with people when we talk about stress, that there's so many levels and layers that people truly don't understand unless they're in it. And I think, I knew I knew we would, going through these exact things right now during this discussion was, where do we even stop? Not where do we start, but how do we even stop? I want to say hi before we move on. This is my buddy, Greg, Chris, Chris, this is Greg. He says he's a little hey, late, that's all right, he uh, he got out alive. Greg is, uh, Greg is my former colleague in the fire department. Greg it was on my platoon, he was a senior firefighter. One of the guys I looked up to, uh, one of those guys that when he left, you were really disappointed he left, but he got out unscathed good as much him. as he could, as much as he could. He made this behind me, this carving of my pot behind me, that dog. Uh, oh,
1: right on. Yeah. yeah.
0: So he's got, he's got some good stuff going. He's actually going to be on the pod too a little later. We're going to talk about the post work world and how you survive an right. entire career with the first responders. Um, but. Yes, we got employer stress. We've got our own PTSD from calls. We've got all different types of stress. Let's talk about life stress. So we're unique in that we chose. No no one forced us to these roles. We're agreed on that, right?
1: Absolutely. We agree We agree that you and I went you. out
0: and said we are going to participate in this. I even changed careers back way back when to try and get involved in it, even uh, yep. to the level that I did. But then we add that stress on the life stress and it makes it very difficult for us sometimes to make people understand how simple life stress can affect you and I a lot differently. than it may affect the average individual. And it may actually be um, heightened with us. You have a great story about like, when you come back, I want you to try and explain. If you've been on deployment, I can't imagine being on all that time you're up, you're elevated, you're responding, you are heightened, you've got that response, that fight or flight in you for so long. How do you come back to civilian life? What do you do? How do you adjust?
1: Well, that's the thing. So everybody obviously reacts responds differently, but I mean, coming back and hearing people whining about um taxes, whining about potholes or, or traffic or all these stupid things or the lineup at the at the costco to to buy all your stuff it it just grates on me i'm like you have no idea you live in this little utopian bubble provided by people that protect you and you're just pissing and moaning about things that are not and those are things they can control right that's what makes me mad if you're if you're whining about things that is fully within your control then i get it people you know get stressed out easier than others some people uh they lose their cat mittens for five minutes and then it's the end of the world I, I understand that i'm not here to judge that it's just yeah i didn't react well to that i kind of had to go hole up for a little while until i calmed down and realized that this is the world they live in this is their stress mm-hmm. and there's nothing i'm going to say to change it doesn't matter if i, I could tell them 50 war stories and, and what i deem is real stress and if they've never experienced it, they're never going to relate to it. So, you know, That's I don't right. know.
0: I, I, what I find difficult is we don't start our day out with the same baseline of stress as the average non-responder individual. And it's hard sometimes for those around us who aren't responders to understand that, like how something can actually escalate with us or become so um, relevant to us mainly someone else's stress. Like when you see these benign little things, these complaints, how, how insulting it can be to us. I find it insulting after a while, where it's like you are worried about how long the Costco line is and because so-and-so butted in front of you and they have no idea sometimes how much more stress can be involved in a day.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's and, why Like I was, I was turning into that guy too and I went, man, I need to take a break. Yep. So I yep. decided I'm taking six months off work to do all this stuff. And but you're doing it's like fantastic. Everybody that gets stressed out, valid stress or invalid stress, I don't judge. If, if if you're have these stressors in your life, um, or you have anxiety or you know whatever it may be, I just handle it the same way I handle it over there. Yeah. Work the Good problem. Break break down the problem into bite sized pieces rather than looking at this whole huge weight of life on you and then figure it out one piece at a time. You know how I you should. eat an elephant? You start at the asshole and keep going until you hit ivory. That's <laughs> it. Don't try to eat the whole thing. Yeah. Right. So Great advice. You know, it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I tell people that are, that are, you know, coming unhinged to basically Breathe first. Most people don't even know how to breathe properly. Um, it's true. Try kickboxing. Oh. Stop breathing. Pass out. It's, um, breathe, and then start breaking the problem down into manageable size pieces, and work the problem. That's that's you know. And I don't know if that works. It works yeah. for me.
0: It's tremendous great. advice. And Danielle is back with a question. Uh, Go
1: ahead. I can't read Danielle. I'm, I'm very. Vain I've got it, I've got it
0: on here. Uh, she's asking if there's any mental health support. Vets when they come back from these deployments, what what yes, kind of sir, resources it. are you given? Yeah,
1: so the uh military family resource center is, a, is is a resource for your family while you're gone. Um You're gonna hear this is this is actually a great question, but it's a long answer. I'm sorry. Yeah. So okay. when you release, you have access to Veterans Affairs Canada, which is a it's a government organization. So I'm not. I'm not dumping on the people that work there. Um, the people I, I'm dealing with there, it's, it's a one-on-one. They assign you, a, we'll call it a case worker, manager, whatever. And that's your VAC rep. That's who you deal with all the time. People that are still in the system, there, there are programs now. These are a long time coming. You need to understand in the 90s, when we first started really getting uh, hot and heavy in the Balkans in the former Yugoslavia, you know, every, every, most people know about Afghanistan now because it was on the news all the time. It was our last big show and our first real war since uh, the Korean War. But there was a lot of stuff going on before that and, and to this day, and they've slowly gotten better. So are they effective? It depends on who you talk to. But it starts with the individual, you know, seeking out the help. You can't come whine to me and say... The systems screwed up. Blah 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 blah. If you're not willing to 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 at least try and use the resources that are there, and then determine those effective, the effectiveness of those resources for yourself. Well said. That's or not.
0: Absolutely, and I know that on your podcast, your amazing podcast, Fire for Effect, um, you address somewhat or you will be correct me if I'm wrong your interpretation of the state of veteran affairs right now in this country uh the department of veteran of and i think that's a it's an important topic we could dig into that again as much as we do any other topic here but if there's more information more to, i encourage people to follow your show get in and and even more details involved
1: i've touched on veterans affairs and and you've you've met the guys on my show thanks for the plug bro it's absolutely Um, great so i i have a panel of guys the format is i do one recorded like over an hour long theatrical production.
0: And that life. it is.
1: And then I do just a live one every Wednesday. And I have a panel of guys with, with varying backgrounds. So I get a you know a wider um what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Spectrum? Like you got a more
1: a broader spectrum of experience right? and, and opinion. And uh we we've we've ripped on veterans affairs. we we've, I've said good things about them. But I'll tell you what: I'm not going to go all in on it until I can get somebody from Veterans Affairs or a Good former idea. employee of Veterans Affairs. There's no point in, in dumping on somebody or an organization where you can't, you haven't spoke to them.
0: Can I? Is can I add to you? that? Can I add to yeah, that as an outsider? Yep. Based on what we see, especially as responders or as common non-military citizens in the community. The Veteran Affairs Department, the mental health support units are not enough. We see a large amount of mental health troubled veterans in our community to this day. And I know we could go on and on, and I'm not going to elaborate anymore, but I'm going to say from my view and probably from Greg's view who's watching and from anybody else who's out there, it's a sad state at times. And it's almost overwhelmingly... The, the proportions aren't reflective of a general population. They're always weighted heavily towards those veterans who have served our country so dearly. It's,
1: it's and a let's leave it at, Government yeah. organization, I'll leave yeah. it at that.
0: Yeah, okay, so let's leave it at that. Your podcast, again, is what I would highly recommend people following along. It's an amazing podcast. As Chris said, it's a, it's a production. Uh, he has some very talented speakers. He's got some very insightful people. And in fact, when he says it's a production, He's not kidding. This is a studio. This is impressive, Chris. You got full on. This looks like this could be CNN headquarters. This could be NBC. Like you've got multiple cameras. You've got a background. You've got multiple chairs. Like this is a full on production. Good for you. And what you, you started your podcast. We'll get to that. We'll get, get to, to your food here. We st- you started your podcast three months ago.
1: Yeah. I'll and give you are right. that. So in, let- in 90 seconds or less. Basically, I've always wanted to do this and I got to, since we're talking about stress and everything, I'd finished my last contract job, civilian job. And I just, I just, I needed a break. And I was, yeah. I had the means to to take a break and I took six months off. There's only a month and a half left, which wow, that flew by <laughs> to do this. And hmm. i spent a good chunk of money and all the equipment you saw there and everything you guys can't see right now behind me. Right. Um, to get this going, because I didn't want to just do an audio thing. There's 1.9 million people doing podcasts. What are you going to do differently? Right. And I really want to make film. One of the reasons I bought all that stuff is I want to do a mini documentary with the help of Bryce Hooper and a couple other guys on homeless veterans. And I want it to be good. So, Well,
0: there you go. There we We're just talking that about that mental well, health and, and veterans. There you go. And a lot of them are in the homeless sector. That's
1: how it loops in
0: exactly so let's uh i i I can't wait to see that by the way uh you you are just making like i kind of started let's call it for in the grand scheme you and i started our pod around the same time Mm -hmm. and you are just so far ahead so much leaps and bounds ahead in the technology and the productions and that and it's amazing and i wanted to share this message there's a tnt comment so i'm not sure if it's both of them chris is awesome he's a huge help to us so right there you aren't only, you're paying it forward already so you've taken the studio you've taken your podcast interest your desire to help and spread your message and now you're helping all of your fellow podcasters and i I'm know for a fact i know for a fact from talking to lachlan cross from your local radio station there and from talking to dean who runs our network dean blundell that you were approached and encouraged because you are the right messenger right messenger you are the one to do this so the support yeah, is I there and i can it's see right. it it's shining through and your podcast and everything around it now it, it like you say it's a production is booming and it's quick and you've given yourself a window and you're sticking to that window right now like you're not just laying back going i got another whatever month. you're, you're full steam ahead and positive mike's put in a thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up do we need to say more
1: there you thumbs go up. mike
0: there's the shirt yeah i uh i They've been a big support for you, right?
1: Yeah, I mean this is what's this has really been good for my mental health for the last 6 months is putting all of my energy into this and then, you know, being able to help other people with their podcasts uh Mr. James P White, you know, produce yep. and edit his and and help uh Tarantino get theirs going and anybody else, you know, whatever because And the, you've the been bad 3 bad. months. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Man. And uh go, go, go. We we know we have a message to deliver out of our own, out of our own heads as well. Like we basically have um, knowledge. Dean approached me as well. I didn't know if this was the thing for me. Who's going to want to watch my stories? Who's going to want to hear what I have to say? But there definitely is very specific knowledge in your head, in my head, and stories and feelings and emotions that people are curious about and people should know about and we can oh. actually represent those around us. If one person watches or a thousand or a million, it doesn't matter. And as you said, matter. it's therapeutic to you. Correct?
1: Yeah, like That's, you're, you're, you're getting, getting a lot of it. Head. I'm doing this for me. I don't yeah. care if anybody yeah. I mean, you do and you don't. I, I'm doing all this was, is for my own. Some, to, you get to the point in life like I'm 50 years old now and I'm like, man, I've been busting my balls for everybody else. Me and the queen are even now. Okay. I'm done with that. I got a chance to go do something I want to do. That's for me like that to be able to get up every day. And yeah, it'd be great to get, to be paid to do this. Like it'd be great to be Joe Rogan and spit bullshit all over the world every day. We'll come to that later. Um, and, And to do what you love and, and you know, and leave money out of it. Just to be able to do something I want to do every day. And Like how focused and motivated you are and, and how better you are up here by doing something you want. That's what this has been about. And if, if you gain followers and you can help other people chase that, where am I going with this? Do this because you want to do it, not because you're you're worried about uh, likes or comments. I don't Great. read the comments. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, yeah. I read the, I don't read the YouTube comments. They've all been positive. I'm told. I don't read them. I don't care about that. I'm doing this for me. So I'm not on so, Facebook. Okay. I don't know about
0: you, but I've been surprised at the amount of friends I've met in this.
1: Oh yeah, man.
0: Are we going to call it an industry or in this in this hobby? I call it this a network. This, this network exactly. And I've never met you face to face, but we've been friends for as soon as we started to chat a couple months ago, so and we instantly were helping each other out. And there's another guy that's been a real help on this network, and he's actually becoming. I'm, I'm getting nervous knowing that he's he's watching now. So we got we got Ryan Lindley oh, on. on.
1: Oh, Ryan's on, and he uh,
0: he says that you now, man. you are a strong man because you were able to produce Jimmy's podcast without stringing you, uh, without falling asleep or stringing yeah. yourself up. Uh, so there you go. There's Ryan adding his uh, two cents yeah. to back up. <laughs> yeah. For anybody not familiar with this podcast, you have a friend who um, is part of the local radio network. Who is a little bit height challenged, who has a tremendous interest in Star Wars, who decided to do his own podcast on things that are very much not interesting to a lot of people, but he had interest and he had determination and he is one heck of a guy and he's your friend and you got his podcast going.
1: Yeah. And that's amazing. Extreme knowledge. He has knowledge of Star Wars that more... That's more than most human beings should have, but it's got a following and, and he's doing, he's getting the, the hits and the feedback that he likes. So it's a good thing.
0: So as you said, you do it for yourself. He's doing it for himself. And if people want to come along for the ride, which I, this is what surprises me all the time is people do if you're, and and if you're doing it for yourself, you're genuine, correct? Like you're actually out there spreading a message that you truly believe in. You're not doing it for the likes. You're saying this is the way it is. This is the way the world works for us. Come along and watch. If you want to hear it, great. If not, let me bring this up. We missed this. You made a promise.
1: Oh, yeah. We're on social media.
0: And you're sticking to it. Anybody I'm out there not, watching, we've got uh, Mike's Brewery. We got. bring that up now
1: while you get a good followership. We got TNT,
0: we've, got, we've got TNT. We've got Danielle out there. We've got everybody. Anybody that knows Army Chris isn't going to believe this is live. Because... I don't think I've heard a single swear word three. I I've had a couple, but you made a, a a pledge, you had a swear jar pledge before this podcast which I thought was fantastic to support one of our local you asked me what my yeah. interest was and I thought Here's that was well, so noble. It, one of my biggest uh, groups, one of the biggest groups that I advocate for is the group called I've got your back 911 and they have a website and they've got a uh They're a big social media campaign. They've got a lot of merch. They've got, um, they have trust funds. They represent, they started out as a simple hashtag in 2014, I believe, to represent the mental health of first responders and responders in general, including the military. Um, And they have access there and many resources for all of us responders to receive mental health, help, suicide prevention, uh, techniques and they're also involved with therapy dogs they've been uh, uh responsible for partnering up various uh clients if you will or individuals with therapy dogs in need and you agreed every time that you threw out one of those words you were going to throw some money in the jar but you've been amazing uh danielle says she's counted two down at, right here danielle counted two danielle, and you're at three,
1: you're three? Well, yeah. when, when you rewatch this, you can be the official count. That's so okay. Yeah. I, All I right. pledge to, every for every time I swear, I will drop in 10 bucks. So if I'm at 30 bucks, that's pretty dismal. So to get past this, so we can move forward. Yeah. Um, I like to swear. It's part of my language. If, if, if you don't like it, I understand that.
0: Yeah. So, I already, uh, I already gave a disclaimer at the beginning. We're good. We're
1: so, I, so I'm to, I'm going to bomb a few people here. Just, well, do just you want to read
0: Ryan's people. comment first? Yeah. Yeah. So we're on with Ryan Lindley. Can you read that?
1: There we go. Yeah, I can read that.
0: So if you read that out loud, we're probably another 30 bucks in the jar, but I'll let you decide sure if you want to read that. that. Yeah. So okay. So people keep
1: don't want to jump on here. So everybody just give me uh, 90 seconds of your time. Yeah.
0: I'm going to give you the screen.
1: Give me the screen.
0: All right. I'll try and give you some music, but let's just go with the screen for now.
1: I don't even know how to do the music. There yet. you go. So, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there that piss us off and, and things like that. And uh, we're trying to raise money. To support, uh, I've got your back 911, and I, I do it through swearing. And I, this is to prove that I can actually go through a pod without swearing, but I like to swear. So let's start at the top. Fuck politicians, fuck the UN, fuck the World Health Organization, fuck Greta Thunberg, fuck Neil Young, uh, fuck anti vaxxers, fuck Uber vaxxers, fuck Chris Guy, fuck Joe Rogan for his mis messaging with the power that he has. Well, I'll cover that another time. Fuck that Gisling, uh Maxwell bitch who uh, is helping out that. Epstein guy that's on trial right now, and he can fucking burn in hell too. Oh, fuck the right, fuck the alt-right. Fuck Richard B. Spencer, head of the alt-right. Fuck the left, fuck Antifa. Fuck Main Street Media. Fuck Beyond Meat. Fuck Bike Lanes in uh, Edmonton. Fuck Light Beer. And anybody doesn't like this, fuck you. There you go, man. Count those up.
0: Honestly, that was incredible. That is going to probably be the most replayed part of this pod guaranteed it hands down so uh we got a bravo from ryan we've got a dragon
1: square again There's yeah gotta be a so couple hundred bucks right there we've, i challenge we've, everybody to match uh
0: we've got the ladies game. of tnt with an epic and danielle uh bravo but Thank i'm man. hoping danielle was counting she was at two before we did that so uh i want to know what
1: danielle does she's in healthcare. danielle what yeah. do you do
0: She's uh, uh she's alluded to healthcare here, so if she wants to put up there what she does, we'll welcome her. And TNT wants you to take a bow. Good for you. Yeah, That's well, a tremendous.
1: uh to smoke instead.
0: And on behalf of I've got your back, nine one one. Thank you for looking out for all of us as well. You're doing a fantastic job. So let's 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 talk about something where you can speak. You can swear if you want. You can do whatever you want. Now we're we're free to hey, roam.
1: Listen, we broke the ice on that. We're good. That's right. Uh
0: A big stressor for me, a big stressor in my job in this line of work is something that I once was, that you once were, it's new hires. And it's not stress that I'm trying to say that they're lesser than me. No means. They're not lesser than me. We're all there. We're all doing the same thing, but it's extremely stressful. If you can imagine in, in the paramedic world, we're partnered up. There's two of us generally in each truck, no management, nobody around. And I walk in a door and I meet somebody for the first time who's half my age, possibly the opposite gender, new, um, green, and they should be green, very inexperienced. But now I have the stress of knowing even what to say appropriately to somebody in a generation that I wasn't even growing up in. Not knowing if you ask someone what they do for fun, if that's offensive in today's world, can you say that to somebody? um and there's the stress of being the senior guy and you were uh, a leader on your quick reaction force team i'm sorry for the term leader there was an actual designation but you you had a leadership role and that adds stress to you because they are also your responsibility
1: so let me play devil's advocate or not devil's yeah. advocate let me ask you the question yeah what because you listed a a a few different categories here so first of all you're worried about the whole uh um how can i phrase this i don't want to offend anybody what's offensive these days i don't know what the millennials gen Z people that's not my thing and i don't care but that's an issue right because somebody puts in a harassment complaint which is a huge thing if you're following the news it's not a good time to be the chief of the defense staff they're all getting fucking nailed with sexual harassment charges yeah so that's that's a big thing. I'm not saying that's driven from the hashtag Me Too thing or whatever, but I, I get it, and it, that that throws you off your game. So if that's in your head, that's a stressor because it throws you off your game. Or is it because you're you're concerned that that they lack the uh, the technical skills required as a medic to do the job? Like is that?
0: Yeah, I'm going to say yes to the first and no, well, there's the initial stress of not knowing how to deal with someone of a different generation, the, 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 someone, as you say, what's appropriate to say, what's harassment, what's the world that I've, I learned in is not the world that they're learning in now. That stress to me is tremendous. It's also the stress. I'm competent now. I've been in the job long enough that I can, and I've been working alone at certain times on zoom cars or on first response cars. I'm okay with myself and my skills. Yeah. I'm worried about them hurting themselves or hurting the patient or getting hurt. I can always intervene if I'm there. But if I'm driving and they're in the back, there's the stress of that's still our patient. And I stress over that the level of care is right. It's just new, higher stress. What's something that you... Is that,
1: that's got to be normal with everybody with your experience level, Right. It is,
0: but I was also the new guy. And I try and look back to being respectful yeah. that I was new. I learned. And but I I try and become that person that I looked up to when I was that age. We got Greg Sullivan on here, the fire uh partner that I had for many years, and he's retired now. And he's one that a lot of us respected. And you basically look up to those individuals and just say, How did you get this far? How did you put these pieces together? I just need to figure that out. And now that I'm kind of learning that I've uh uh, I flipped over to the more senior side of things. I'm trying to be that individual now, relaying that. I just get, it's a, it's, a, it's a different stress. We've talked about PTSD, responding to calls, the stress from the employer, the stress from real life outside of work. New hire stress to me is a whole nother entity.
1: A hundred percent it is. Like when I would get a new guy, especially if we're going into a, uh, you know, a real theater of operations, training's one thing. You can stop after a training exercise and go. Well, how do you think that went? What could you have done better? But when it's out and it's real, I get some guy brand new who shouldn't be there, or, or, you're, or has the minimum skill set to be there, if you will. And the first thing I'm thinking is, "Fuck me, this guy's still shit and yellow." What am I supposed yeah. to do with him? Yeah. Um, but if, like you said, I was a new guy, 1988. You're a new guy at some point. Mm-hmm. So, and it takes an old guy, an experienced guy, to, to make that wet behind the ears person. He or she, doesn't matter what age they are, it's irrelevant. We're all going to get older and there's always going to be somebody you don't understand 20 years younger than you. To get yeah. them that experience, to perpetuate yeah. perpetuate the trade and what you do. Like yeah. There's no other way it works. No, But I get the stress that you're talking about. Because you going got enough stresses, man. You already have enough. And, that's and, one and so do you. Thing. And
0: I find the stress is greater when they don't own the fact that they're new, that they don't admit that they're new, that you, that they that's are scary. green. And I'd rather them just tell me that. I don't know. I don't know. How would you do this? Or I don't know. What did you do? Or are just saying, I don't know, is a whole lot better than saying bullshit, making this stuff up, doing whatever they have to do. But um, I'm just bringing it up because <laughs> I need a bit of advice. for. This individual, I just wanted to say that the on the picture there, in the civilian clothes, that is my there boy. That's my son, Jake. And that Bravo. is him holding his enlistment certificate to the Canadian Armed Forces, and he leaves us in January. Uh, super proud sun, yeah, moment. Man. Super proud moment. He got into the air traffic controller program, and he's flying out of the province in January. But I just, from you, a respected, well-seasoned veteran, just... One word of advice, one line of advice for anyone new, whether it's him or anybody else.
1: Listen, be stuck on receive, not on send.
0: Very good words, and that isn't unique to the to the to the armed forces. That's that life, right? Yeah. Quite often, people need to just realize sometimes a little bit of input is a lot better and than the he, output. He,
1: People aren't good listeners anymore because they're either keyboard warriors with with minimal com- real life communication skills anyway. They yeah. live in Facebook named Terry. Or um or they want to impress and feel like, you know, I belong. So they they they're not afraid. They're there, or sorry, they are afraid to go, I don't know, as you alluded yeah. to earlier. Yeah.
0: And it's At okay. Least. I think that's the responsibility is on us, and Ryan brings it up here sure it uh, in a comment you can take it personally because you as a preceptor or a senior staff if they fail or they do bad or they they don't live up to what you're hoping it, it reflects on you sometimes and it's hard there's a stress there with that um daniel yeah,
1: you're uh, a preceptor in this case is what we're yeah so sometimes no, no no
0: i'm talking about a colleague but there's also the preceptor is a whole nother one right where we have field training for anybody that yeah. doesn't know if you want to become a medic in ontario you take the college course for two years and then you end up doing 480 hours on an ambulance with a crew where you do every call, every single piece of paperwork, everything under the scrutiny of those medics you're working with. So there's the stress of being the proper preceptor as well. Danielle finally answered our question, too. She was in long term care 12 oh, years. Oh, wow. Hospice hey, and palliative. So I need to thank Danielle.
1: Much respect.
0: Exactly. I Cheers, agree. Danielle. Cheers that to Danielle. Danielle. I
1: want to respect anybody that, that that takes on that level of responsibility and, and, and in all, yeah. sometimes a burden. So
0: that's right. So cheers. We need these individuals at all levels of care. They're not always yeah. emergency responders. And I, I have a close relation in my line of work as a medic with long-term care facilities. We're there all the time. And some of the work these individuals have to do is just so admirable and so not enviable to me. I don't know how they do it. So kudos. I just wanted to bring that up. Um,
1: yeah, I think, thank
0: you. Uh, I, will, I will definitely relay the message to Jake. Um, listen before you speak and listen and look and learn and then decide your action and decide if it's even necessary at times. Sometimes people are talking and there's really nothing that needs to be said.
1: Hey, tell me the last time listening did something wrong for you. Exactly.
0: Yeah, very good point very good point so we have all these stresses you've been tremendous as uh being able to demonstrate how we have very similar stress avenues the details of which are very different but they ultimately end up to similar roads paths outcomes um how do you what do you do outside of work well other than the podcast we've talked about your podcast got um these bad boys sitting in your garage what are we looking at there
1: you're looking at uh a 2300th anniversary Dyna lowrider on the left and a 2007 street glide so i ride bikes with my veteran cohorts
0: not your outlet but but wait 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 you're missing one. one what's that red thing in the back there
1: that's to move snow
0: is that an arctic cat is that a four-wheeler you live in town don't you i do but let's show everybody this this is showing
1: your i'm an alberta redneck
0: i I can only describe you as super efficient and organized because anyone watching listening this is a city driveway and that is a four-wheeler with a plow on it that just i honestly made me laugh i count two passes two lines of plow there beside your truck and you were not my
1: shovel out. I brought my shovel out, Brad. And you I'm don't like, mess around. Oh, Brad, I love man. it. I'm not doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if anything's going to say military trained, definitely dedicated to be efficient, do things the most possible, uh, most effective way possible. There you go. That's you. That, that being a kind
1: neighbor, I do clear out the whole cul-de-sac. So all these people that live in here, cause the city does nothing. Cause why would they? Um, There'sn't so much snow in Edmonton, is there out, right?
0: There's not exactly. much snow in Edmonton anyway, is there?
1: There we got more snow in one day <laughs> than we got in the whole year last year. Um, you guys so have been I,
0: hit pretty hard already. You've been yeah, hit pretty hard. But
1: cold. so uh, I built up a big mountain so to help guys get their cars out, right? So I I'll rip around the whole thing and try to move as much snow to the middle as I can.
0: So that's military precision, but I saw fishing. that picture. So I have about a 380 foot driveway, and I I admit. I use a four-wheeler, but I just had to bring... I thought that was phenomenal that you're like, you know what? Why can't you do it in town? Good for you. You are... uh, Minimal...
1: Whatever you do, you do it right. Minimal expenditure of energy to achieve the greatest result.
0: Right. Right. And you like to pay it forward. You said you'll do the neighbor's work. You'll do the neighbor's snow. You'll help them out and... You'll even feed homeless individuals that enter your city that you've never met before. And you won't just feed them. You'll feed them steak and shrimp.
1: That's right. When you want to talk about meeting guys in our network on this podcast, i would never met Bonzi, but I knew he needed a place to stay. He had to get out of the States because he was in a gang war in, in <laughs> South Central Los Angeles. Yeah. And there was a video of his uh, boss. Against the females. The shootout and all this stuff. Yeah. And the guy needed a, a place to crash. and. I'm like, yeah, man, I got you. No problem. I'll cook you some good food, give you a place to stay. He's got a great dog. A little bit of bullshit for him to get here. So he's at Locks now recovering from uh, antivirus or the whatever the or next
0: anything. thing on Bonzi's he's list is, right?
1: Dying right now. So I got to go get more.
0: This <laughs> this is shrimp steak. You don't mess around. Again, yeah. if you're going to do I'll something, I already, you-
1: already gave him a little bit of a taste of, of, uh, of S- Southern California before he left. So that is, uh, I got a Wagyu UX guy from Lakeside Dairy, all, all local. We got some Baja shrimp, um, tequila lime Baja shrimp. There's some Mexican rice in there, blistered cherry tomato, and some sliced. I'm real.
0: For anyone that's not watching the pod, that ends up just listening to the uh, audio, we just showed an amazing picture of some high-end steak, shrimp, rice. tomato. like, we're talking top-notch dishes. But what I'm what I'm getting at here is cooking one of your things. You love it. Cooking's been a
1: big thing for me for a long time. Two reasons: uh, one, I need to learn how to cook so I'd stop eating crap food. Um, I went to Bosnia in 2003, and I ate on the economy, which is all what we call organic. There's no fast food there. When I came home, I couldn't stomach fast food like McDonald's would make me puke. So yeah. That's why I learned to cook, not why I cook. The why oh, got- is about, and and we talked, you know, off air. It's a stress relief because it cre- you, you focus on it, you're in your own space. It's creative. You like the end result. It's a big time. Uh, it's a big stress reliever for me.
0: I agree. I I find I'm not I, Arby's, no. <laughs> that's definitely not Arby's. You have a friend that uh, I love
1: Arby's, man. I don't. know.
0: <laughs> we'll eat enough Arby's for the both of you, though, right? You um, want to
1: know why Lachlan's got a three two two Uber rating? It's because whenever we Uber home, he makes the guy. Go to arby's drive-through yeah oh yeah
0: <laughs> even better i love it now i'm just gonna show you got some uh this was the gray cup so we got mr limley watching the pod here uh yeah, this was more when more his tie cats were there. taking oh. a bit of a shit kicking it in, but yeah. uh what do you got some smoked smoke product or well, that was roll? all
1: done in the traeger i believe nice. I did the ribs it took five hours to do those ribs it was a dry rub on the ribs looks um, amazing. And then, oh, no, the chickens I did in the active fryer because it was like 30 below. Look a,
0: at that, um, though, diverse okay. multitasking. Okay.
1: That's, that's football food. That's Sunday food. I agree.
0: And then paying it forward. This was uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, I think. Were where you yeah. at JT's?
1: JT's Bar and Grill in Edmonton. Uh, voted Edmonton's number one dive bar. Um, I, I know the owners, and I cooked, I want to say, four turkeys that day for them
0: for you. And it was a snowstorm. I remember hearing you guys yeah. on the radio or uh the, I'm back the,
1: there I'm back there New Year's Eve to cook uh prime ribs on on two Traegers for their new Well, Year's
0: anyone Day. in the Edmonton area I'd invite them to head out to see what you're bringing. And uh kudos to you. You you're, you're one Instagram, of these guys all that
1: see, all you see on Instagram are my dogs or food.
0: Yeah, and that's you're a dog a guy, food. so that's another dog another dog plus dog. in my my book and it's funny. I often discuss pets with the responders and so many of us rely on dogs or pets i do i do Uh, too it's my own
1: they're not not service dogs per se but i know what they do for me i'm picking them up tomorrow they're at my ex-wife's right now we we share them yeah good for uh, you they're awesome
0: i agree and if you're if you're a dog person you got to be a good person i know lindley's got uh charlie mcspaniel's uh we got greg sullivan watching he's a dog guy he's often had a lab running around his house wreaking havoc i know tnt i know tara she's been showing some pictures of pups she's had pups and her sister has amazing dog down in the states that she shows uh i missed the message earlier sorry positive mike had to go they're jumping at the to the whl game so you got a you got a that
1: playing bro- today too isn't
0: he uh was it today was a yeah yeah was this with yeah, the sun?
1: I think it's in an hour. So yeah, I'm not man, gonna... he's playing with his son. This is his first game, his first match back. I think. Yeah. Hey, uh,
0: what I wanna what I want to ask you is uh, we could go on forever, and this has been a great chat. I really appreciate it. We were able to keep it light after getting a little serious. Yeah. Um, I'm sure just your looks alone are gonna up this rating of the pod. It's gonna be something that I have to keep in mind to keep bringing you back. I asked,
1: drinking, uh, and swearing, yep.
0: Uh, I've got your back 911.com they're going to be ecstatic that you had your rant an epic rant a a rant of all times that I will be uh, trying to feature on my Twitter feed but no one will be able to hear it with the the edits in it it'll just be a string of beeps I ask my guests the same three questions that I have on and it may or may not be anything to do with what we've been talking about I just kind of wrap things up by asking them um three questions it kind of lets us see another side of you or the same side that we've seen but just further um if you could be a fly on the wall in any situation in any place in anyone's house in anyone's office wherever who would it be and where would it be uh the reason i asked this question is this offload delay podcast is almost supposed to mimic being a fly on a wall with us responders. In our rooms, in our headquarters, in our in our in our offices, at the hospital, wherever. So I asked that of everybody.
1: If I could be a fly on the wall in any office anywhere.
0: Yeah, or anything. Not an office. Just or anything. In any situation, if you could just kinda hover around, listen in, look over, and just be a fly on the wall. We can come
1: back to that. Well, no, okay. Kind of got two. I'll get a funny answer. It would be like Justin Trudeau's office and how he makes any (laughs) decision, but I'll leave that.
0: (laughs) That's a quite valid answer.
1: It would be for and I'm looping back to that doc I want to do. When a homeless vet wakes up on the street in 30 below weather and, and, and says, How am I gonna get through the day?
0: Yeah, well said. Well said, I don't understand it either. I don't know how the human drive is that strong.
1: That's that's what you just asked me is what I want to actually go do is be a fly on the wall in that guy's life for a day.
0: And if that's what yeah. you want to do, I think you're the ideal candidate to do it, to show us all. I really do. I I'm think it's an ideal. Give her a world.
1: That's a good question. I, and I you're like in
0: Edmonton. That. so you're going to find that minus 30. No problem.
1: It's, it's here now, man.
0: Uh, you're a foodie. You're a foodie. So the second question, you're allowed one food and it's not, in a can um what's the one food you're gonna have the rest of your life if you're only allowed one thing
1: elk elk
0: really the old natural guy the wild the wild meat
1: it's very very never healthy.
0: tried elk i've had i've had venison i've had bear
1: that I've food various game it's, elk tastes the best in my opinion of all the wild game it a is- little fattier no, it's very no, lean. because like that's the hardest bread. part
0: of wild game cooking is it not is it's so also lean
1: it's so lean so you have to cook you cannot cook elk meat or deer meat any lean meat like that the same way you would cook uh cook beef because the fat it would be very very dry if you if you fuck it up so
0: well i love to try it and if i come visit you guys i i really want that's to come so out your amazing, way buddy, i just and, and i was ditto down here
1: november man so
0: i uh the last thing is kind of something that's is often different for first responders and for for those of us that serve the public versus the non-public so it's an interesting question i need to know (laughs) i have a feeling i may know what's the smelliest place you've ever been and does it involve a small podcaster
1: okay well
0: (laughs) i'm not gonna feed you the answer i just want you to tell me i have a feeling that's what
1: it'll be so I'll answer that two ways. Domestically, it's a place called the Den of Sadness. And it changes its scent from time to time. Um, uh, I and internationally it's definitely uh Kandahar City.
0: The city itself as a whole.
1: Oh, the whole thing. It's as a home have, to it. They don't people if you go into a home and we've had to go into homes, and I, I fucking hated it. Yeah. They'll just have a hole in, in like, a closet, and they, they shit in that. Oh. Or, they, or they, they they all have dysentery. There's human waste in every alley, graveyard, it's everywhere. It's in the alleys and the streets. Like, they just don't have the infrastructure to move it. So it, it's, it just smells like thousands of years of human shit. I got, I
0: got it. It's funny, though, how so many of these answers, so many of them, including my own, come back to humans. It's always humans, whether it's the Den of Sadness, which I was the grand winner of. If if anybody doesn't know out there on listening, the, there was oh, an individual.
1: Oh, yeah, you won.
0: There was. So I, I won a weekend to stay at the Den of Sadness, which is a, uh, a descriptor for one of the individuals on a local radio station's abode and part of the prize of the Den of Sadness tournament contest they had. It doesn't matter what it was about was you get to stay there for a weekend. And I actually, it was rigged, but I won. It was rigged so that I, they knew I wouldn't come out from Ontario, but I'm coming. So they, I told them there's for a shit. rain check waiting. So when I get there, I'm going to give it a shot. But I once find it- If
1: you survive that science experiment, I'll come get you.
0: I told I told him he needs his own medic anyway there, so we'll have a good once over. But it's 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 very revealing to me. I'll admit, so many of my guests, responders or not, the smell is often human-related, not animals, not chemicals, not it. It's usually humans.
1: It's interesting you bring that up because one of the first triggers for memory is is scent, be it good memory or a bad memory. A, a smell of a perfume can remind you of an ex-girlfriend, or a, or a bad smell can remind me of a shitty place I was. It's, yeah. it's always the first. It's never the visual or a sound so much as as a smell. And most guys I know, you know, dealing with PTSD, you know, in in support groups, the first thing they're going to say is it'll be a scent. burning. Maybe it's burning garbage or... uh, Well, for you, Afghanistan... I don't want to get too heavy on that. Yeah, but for you, Kandahar, right? Yeah,
0: no, but it's 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 human-related. And with that, I think uh, I need to finish again the way I started and thanking you. as a veteran, and all of your all of our veterans uh i i don't like saying thank you and i told you that because it's not enough it seems so minimal for how much contribution you provided but it's all i have and it's it's i would pay it forward 100 times over as best i can so thank you and thank you for coming on this pod it's Thank been you great. you for
1: having me brad we'll uh, I, uh, got to do it again and absolutely uh, online with jt or we'll yeah we're gonna out. have
0: jt on it'll be interesting to, uh, to introduce a military medic and now a current civilian medic with our discussions um and with your i i just loved your armed forces insight it just gives us another level of of view into the incidents we respond to we we didn't get into details we don't need to we 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 don't need the particulars for this particular talk the specific talk we're having is just about stress uh daniel i uh but i wanted to thank you i'm sorry that it didn't work out on remembrance day that was my goal was to salute you on remembrance day uh hopefully in lieu of that you'll accept this thanks and always a thanks and uh all the best on your show man we're watching Again, I for anybody it. that's uh, it's on the Dean Blundell network, it's fire for effect, and it's an amazing pod. He he, uh, Chris does live shows. He also does recordings with in-depth interviews with guys that have been there, done that, are in the trenches, have been in the trenches, and it's absolutely incredible, uh, and it's real talk. There's no swear jar because he'd be broke, but it's real yeah. talk, and that's the important part. One last pick. Amazing. Yeah. A- amazing pick. War?
1: You that told me before. Tell everybody. That is at Normandy in France.
0: Just amazing to know I, what was on, in front of you in that picture.
1: I was standing on Juno Beach. I was I trying on new hair, trying on new hairstyles. So I fucked with the camera and ended up with that. But that is—I I can only imagine on the hairstyle.
0: That hairstyle matched the goosebumps on the back of your neck. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, that was Just at Juno Beach, man. Three Good years for from. you.
0: I, I love that pick. I've used it a lot on our promos. And I'll continue to show it every time you're coming on. I
1: appreciate
0: uh, it. I'm going to Zoom you out.
1: Zoom me just out. just want good to thank good. you. Everybody uh, uh, Danielle, thank you for watching and, and, and uh, keep watching Brad's show. It's got lots of good stuff.
0: Danielle, Ryan, Tara, and Tina. We got Greg Sullivan. We've got all these guys watching. Uh, all saying thanks and, and great job. So kudos. All right. Um, cheers, thank, thank you guys as well. Yeah, we'll chat soon going to zoom you out going to finish off here and uh we'll be in touch
1: awesome thank you brother
0: enjoy the golf i'm gonna enjoy it all right well we did it we got through a live pod i uh, couldn't have had a better guest i need to thank army chris chris de again for his service for his dedication to the podcast world for his service to his country and just being an all around great guy that even shovels his neighbor's driveway with a four-wheeler in town just amazing just amazing um hopefully you can follow along at uh offload delay you can like or share um, under offload delay at instagram we also have offload delay show you right here our socials Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Hopefully, on YouTube, you can subscribe and you can put your alerts, ring the bell for us, smash that subscribe button. And to a lesser extent, Facebook under Brad Hopper. We are part of the, uh, we're available once we're not live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and DeanBlundell.com. And again, you're watching us live now on YouTube. We are part of the DeanBlundell.com network can't say enough about these guys what a great bunch all of us pod uh, casters on it he's got a great team i've met some amazing individuals and can't say enough about what they've done for us and i've got your back nine one one. thank you so much for supporting us thank you so much for what you do uh and for having some great swag we got some money coming your way i think and it's going to be great army chris is going to come through with his swear jar for now everybody uh hope you hit that like button let the uh, likes come in that's how we're supposed to be getting paid there's no money here folks Not for me I'm just part of a network that's growing and I want to support and help help share the message of the greater good that's it hope you enjoyed for now going to close out with the regular exit song and Thanks for tuning in. We'll be live again soon, probably within a week. Stay safe. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers.